Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Swoo Soul Stories. I am your host, Heath Mullikin, the Director of Alumni Relations here at Southern Wesley University. I am joined today, so excited. Matter of fact, he was so excited, I had to say, I had to say, Randy, man, you, you're telling all the good stuff before we hit record. <laughs> I'm joined today by Randy Garner, who is one of the most respected men that, that I have known in, in ministry and uh we're going to talk to him a little about a little bit about his journey to Swoo, his ministry. Uh, he's now entering a new season of life. Randy, man, it's so good to be with you to spend some time with you these last couple of days. I am glad to be here. What'd you call this podcast? Soul the Swoo Soul Stories. I like that. Dude. That's pretty good. That I stole neat. it. I stole it from Ken Dill. Oh, you didn't steal it. You just you borrowed. I it. borrowed that's, it. That's okay. Uh, so, Randy, um, you you are. Soon to be a, a retired pastor moving in and going to be working with the Dirt Roads Network. But let's start really from the beginning. Uh, you were you were talking about you had gotten saved and you were at youth camp and, and Colfax. And if you're a Wesleyan listening to this, you know Colfax. You know Freedom Hill Church. I just got through in there just having a little season of prayer time. Here. Yeah. Uh, but it used to be on the campus the grounds of Colfax. Yep. Shady Grove Wesleyan Church yeah. and and all, you know, man, just how many people have come through there. You were and you were sharing somebody very special to the Wesleyan Church and to Southern Wesleyan. Uh you're there at youth camp as a youth sponsor and talk about your call to ministry. Well, that was it. They had allowed me because I had gotten saved at a church in Randleman, North Carolina, Midway yeah. Wesleyan. Uh -huh. And then a little late, probably a year or so later, they started letting me do some youth work. Went to youth camp and a guy named Jimmy Johnson. Oh, yeah. oh man. I went through the Nicholson Mitchell Center over here a while ago yeah. and uh, Mark took me in there and there was Jimmy's room, you know, yeah. and I, man, about brought tears to my eyes. But he was preaching to our teenagers about yeah. the call. Right. And I joke about it. There was a teen in front of me, and he ducked, and I got hit right between the eyes. <laughs> and that was when I knew that wow. I was called to ministry. Wow. Now, how, how old were you? you? You got saved a little later. Yeah, I was probably, at that time, I must have been 20, maybe 24 or 25. Okay. Uh, a little bit later. Okay. So... So you're you're in your typical kid that I've been seeing around here today. Right, wow. right. Oh, these I don't know if I'm getting older or if they're getting younger. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Getting, yeah. So you you feel called to ministry. What led you here to Southern Wesleyan or Central Wesleyan at the time? Central Wesleyan at the time, it would be a gentleman named uh, Reverend G. K. Andrews uh -huh. and his wife Evelyn and Marcia Flincham. Now, oh yeah, Marcia was down here and. Her brother, Dennis, has actually was in our youth group and some, and when we finally decided to come. But Marsha, every time she'd come home, because I knew I felt called to yeah. ministry. I knew I needed to go and study. But Heath, when I got out of high school, I got out because I played football, and they wanted to get rid of me. Yeah, I was not college material. Well, My remedial problem skills, they were not good. Matter of fact, back in the day, I don't know what they do today to get in, but they had a math and an English, and a New Testament, and an Old Testament, and I couldn't pass any of them. Wow. And, but I was called to the ministry when I had come down here, and mm -hmm. they let me come on academic probation. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I ended up down here. I, but it was about three years after my 
initial calling right. before I finally surrendered and said, you know, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And yeah. he really did help me. I'm one of those miracle guys that walked out of here uh, that the Lord blessed in my journey while yeah. I was here. So you're in your mid to late 20s. You're yep. married when you come down here. So there might be somebody listening to this and maybe they think it's kind of too late for them. And you're, man, you're living example of it's never too late to pursue your call to ministry. Absolutely not. I, uh, you know, it was different, man. We got out of our, we had, I had a remodeling business in yeah. North Carolina and Cindy had a job and we actually moved our mobile home down here. And there's a trailer park just down yeah, the street. Right. The trailer park is still there. Yeah. And, uh, I actually brought our mobile home and set it up, and we lived in it while we were here at Southern. Wow. And when we left, we left the trailer. <laughs> we did not take it with us on our next journey. But it was a little later on, and I think I said this morning, I came up and did a prayer walk, and I talked yeah. about the faith journey that it takes. If you know that you know that you're called, and he talking to people today, and I'm going to keep talking, it's the call that keeps you. Yeah. If you really know you're called into ministry, yeah. whatever God calls you to do, he'll equip you. And my life is that story. Yeah. I'm amazed that I can get to sit here and talk to you, let alone even be on their campus. So. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I tell people all the time, and it, it's weird to say this, I have doubted my salvation more than I've ever doubted my call to ministry. Mm -hmm. My call to ministry was yeah. like, I cannot doubt that moment yeah. and what happened. I've doubted my abilities. I've oh. doubted my I've doubted my talent. I've doubted my faithfulness. I've never doubted that I was I yeah. was uh, called. Uh, so you you uh, you leave, who you know you're here at Southern Wesleyan. You come in on probation. Who are who are some people while in your time here that really made an impact? I sent him a note this morning, believe yeah. it or not. Dr. Labar. Oh yeah. He was not even a religious. He was a biology teacher. Yeah. And uh, he was the first guy I had a class under him. And uh, up in, at that time, it wasn't even air conditioned. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully he won't be listening to this, but everybody knows Dr. Labar doesn't have any hair on his head. Right. It was hot. I would go to class in the morning. I was, I mean, it was tough. I would come back after lunch and Dr. Labar would sit up there in that lab every day tutoring me to help me get through. Wow. And he taught me how to study. He helped me wow. to learn how to study. Uh, Dr. Phipps, Brad Phipps, yeah. uh, he and I were neighbors. Really? And I had, studying for ministry, I had to take Greek. Yeah. I can't even read English, let alone right. Greek. Wow. Dr. Phipps, before he took off to Asbury and that kind of stuff, he was a student here. He spent a whole summer sitting with me, teaching me Machen Greek, giving me a head start before my first class was with Dr. Dodgel. Yeah. And whoo we I am so wow. thankful for Brad uh, Dr. Phipps and yeah. his help. Uh so he wow. did that. And there were just others around here on campus that poured into my life. Yeah. Um I think uh, one of our spiritual emphasis was Dr. Uh Orville Butcher. Yeah. A giant for many people. Some yeah. people that are listening to your podcast right. won't know his name, right. but he was here for a spiritual emphasis. Yeah. And you're talking about an old southern boy. A redneck that got saved out of the pits of hell. And right. So I needed a lot of help and still do today, probably. But Dr. Butcher come and did chapel. And he really helped me in my mm. journey uh, early on in some things. And it, it was just phenomenal what yeah. there. And on campus, 
I mean, I could name name after name. Dr. Faust, let me tell you yeah. something. Lord rest his soul. He's gone yeah. on not long ago to glory. But he was our practical theology guy. Yeah. And right over in the college church, he taught us baptismal. Yeah, that's right. Uh, taught us practical stuff. As a matter of fact, my first baptismal I had over here on the other side of Clemson. The little church is not even there. But I led a guy to the Lord over there. Uh-huh. Uh, Heath, he was just, just put it this way. He was a big <laughs> fella. And I had never baptized anyone. And we were going to do it in the lake over there, Lake yeah. Hartwell. And I talked to Dr. Faust, and I said, would you come on a Sunday and help me? Yeah. And he did. Wow. I mean, that was the kind of people yeah. that were here. Over here, I was just telling just a little while ago, I used to go to the basement of that church uh-huh. one day a week in mm. the morning at 6 a.m. in the morning. Wow. And Dr. Bross, who was here at that time, he would pour in. There was probably four or five of us wow. preacher boys. And he said, if you guys will come, I'll disciple you, and I'll, you wow. know, we'll, we'll pray together. And wow. I would come up the street, go to that now, I didn't have any problem back in those days at 6 o'clock in the morning, okay? Yeah. Some of the guys did. I right. grew up in the country, so yeah, I didn't yeah. have you a problem. Yeah, you had been a working man by yeah, that point, I was, too. Uh, morning time was no problem, but yeah. I can remember some of those guys pouring into my life. Yeah, I think what people really don't understand about the SWU experience is everything you just mentioned was stuff— that was part of your education, your growth as a man, your growth as a believer, your growth as a pastor. But everything you just mentioned, none of that was in the classroom. No, it wasn't. Uh, although a lot of good stuff did come out. Of no, the right, right. The teaching and stuff they taught. Yeah. But here's what my wife, I wish Cindy was here and she could talk to you because she knew we were struggling figuring out what if I was going to do it. She's always supported. She always, but she knew I needed this environment. Yeah. Um, Reverend Andrews, G.K. Mm. Andrews, and his wife, Evelyn, just kept encouraging us. And like mm. I said, every time Marsha would come home on break or whatever, she would keep saying, Randy, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. They'll help you, they'll yeah. help you, they'll help you. But my wife, she said, you know, she knew. I could have done some flame courses and stuff right. that we were doing, but she knew I need, and I'm telling you, this environment on this campus and the people that were here, the teachers that were here, and the staff, the people that are here working, pouring into our life, helped form me for the years ahead for ministry as a pastor. I mean, really did. And uh, if I hadn't come here for me, you and I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. Mm. That, And I say that not trying to flatter swoo or... Right anybody else and y'all aren't paying me for this advertisement no. anyway but i'm i'm serious uh, if it had not been and i wished over the years you know we had invested since then more at swoo right uh you look back on it but it's been a great road and um i'm grateful and i yeah. i have just thoroughly enjoyed my day here yeah now um you you served in some local churches but you you served 25 years Christ Community Church there in Virginia. And um, one of the things that really you're known for and and that really has been beneficial to the Shenandoah District is your church planting other other churches. Where did that, where did you get that heart to really understand? Because that's that's hard for a lot of pastors to really understand. Hey, this is really not about me. And to, and to give people to give people a way to go to other churches. How did that all come about? 
Well, again, my heart's been in evangelism because of my salvation mm. and the transformation that I really had early on in my mm. life. The night I got saved, it was pretty radical. Mm. Um, you know, there was just a transformation. And if you yeah. were in that community, we won't go back and revisit yeah. that story. But as I went forward, I just knew that soul winning, there's a song out nowadays that's my favorite probably. I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about a somebody who saved my soul. Mm. And that's the title of that song. And I want people to know, and we all know that one of the greatest ways to reach the unchurched today is through new church plants. Right. Now, I am a firm believer in these small churches need to be healthy. Yeah. And that's what I'm really starting to give my life to is yeah. to help that because... It's not the size of the church that matters. Right. It's the heart that matters. Yeah. But when I started Christ Community, we had tried to plant some churches in the district, and we had. But when we planted, I had preached through evangelism, through the grade ministry back in the day, and through what at that time was evangelism and church growth. That right. was I was that director. Right. When we planted churches, you need to plant others. Mm. <clears throat> and so that was a part of the DNA. If you're going to preach it, you better live it. And so we went down there, and if you went back and saw our 25-year-ago chart, one of the things is we said we wanted to plant a church mm. within the first 10 years. Well, we didn't quite make that target. It was a little bit after that, not much, but we planted our first one. And we didn't give people, but we did give finances mm -hmm. to Pastor Jess Holmes yeah. at Broadcast Church, and he came out of our church there. And then the second one that took place was First Simple Church with Reverend Sam Fry. Yeah. And that one we sent people to. Mm. But the reason I did is I knew it was a part of the kingdom work. And both of those men, you, it's just yeah. phenomenal what they have done. And then in our adoption process of another church that was an hour and a half away, mm -hmm. guy in our church, he didn't come to SWU, mm -hmm. but he did the online studies and things of that nature yeah. much later in life. Yeah. And he got ordained just a few years ago, and he's pastoring a, ch a church crew Wesleyan Church. It's called Christ Community Church because yeah. we adopted it. Yeah. But I just think it's a part of our DNA uh, yeah. that we need to have that, and it was. And right. our people, they know. I know I'm transitioning out. Pastor Joshua Householder's there, and he'll do a great job. Swoo graduate. Yeah, Swoo graduate. That's right. His heartbeat also is that. And right up the road uh, at a place called Providence Forge, about 10 miles maybe or 12 from our church. Yeah. There are a few of our families that live in that area. And if you walked in today at Christ Community mm -hmm. and said very much about it, they'd say, oh, we're going to be planting a church at Providence Forge. Wow. Because people, I've preached it from the pulpit. you got to say it. you yeah. got to talk it. You can't just, um, but anyway, I just believe it's a part of what we ought to be doing. Yeah. So you, you're, you know you're kind of heading uh, toward retirement. You're, you, you know you're kind of handing things off. Uh, to Joshua, and that's a whole nother podcast of just that story of secession. Yes, uh, there uh, and the success of that. But you you mentioned earlier revitalizing smaller churches. You think you're riding off in the sunset, and the Lord had other plans for you. So tell us about um, the Dirt and the Roads Network and what you're doing with them. I did. He, he <clears throat> a year ago in August first week. I was at my spiritual retreat over in uh, West Virginia, a place over at our family camp. I went every year, yeah. and I got a place over, and it was just a place I spent time as a renewal. Yeah. A year ago, first week of this month, mm -hmm. um, the Lord confirmed to me, gave me peace about stepping out. Now, listen, I gave birth to this church. Yeah. 
this is my child. Right. And it's not, you know, that part. But he just gave me a piece. My wife was surprised. She thought, and I did too, I would be there at least until I'm 70. Yeah. That's a few more. I may look older now. <laughs> but, um, so I came back and I talked to her. And uh, she was a little shocked, but again, understanding. Mm. And so when we moved out, I wanted to do some revivals. The Lord has favored me in yeah. that. And um, despite my preaching properly, the Holy <laughs> Spirit shows up and He has favored me yeah. and we've seen some success. And I also wanted to pour into young pastors. Right. In our district, a lot of the young guys would know that I've tried to be an encourager right. to them, not even being a DS. Yeah. So I wanted to do some of that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know about Dirt Road Network mm-hmm. or Steve McVeigh. And Jess Holmes is a Kansas boy. Yeah. And we had had lunch one day, and he, I told him what I was kind of wanting to do, and he told me, he said, you need to meet Steve yeah. and about Dirt Road. Last, this year in March, I think it was, at Florida, we were introduced at Exponential. Mm. It seemed to be a great connection. We moved forward a little bit more in a couple of conversations, and actually, uh, Dr. Wayne, our general superintendent, kind of weighed in on it and yeah. thought that there might be a good fit yeah. and encourage some of that. And so they were doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to help some young churches or old churches that need to be revitalized. Yep. They already had that footprint. I wanted to pour into some young guys and be a coach or an encourager. That's the word they use now, coach. I, I'm not yeah. sure about that, but I really wanted to right. encourage them through their journey. I wanted to do some of that. And try to do build that network. Well, they were already doing it. Yeah. And it wasn't any need in me reinventing the wheel. And I am fortunate enough that they invited me to come be a part of the team. Mm. And I'm humbled. Um, not You said something about a while ago, not equipped. You knew your call. Yeah. Well, it's been told to me over the years that God doesn't call those that are equipped, but he equips those who he's called. That's right. And the Lord has been doing that for me in this journey. And yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So you're going to be uh, coaching pastors of, of smaller churches. Um, one thing we talk about when you hear Dirt Roads Network, you think small town, you think rural. But really is smaller churches of any environment. Right. That, that's what Dirt Roads is really trying to uh, invest in. Maybe there's somebody listening to this. Maybe it's a lay person. Maybe it's a pastor. And they're thinking, man, we might benefit from something like that. How would they get in touch with you? How can they find out about more from about Dirt Roads Network? And uh, because I, to me, you know, Dirt Roads Network, uh, I think what they're doing is so powerful. I think it's so encouraging in our denomination, in, in our in our district here. I know in your district to see the the tandem of, hey, we're all about church planting but we're all in on church revitalization too. And that is so encouraging that it seems like we're finally getting it's it's not either it's not either or it's both. We're it's all both in on both it and is, yeah. uh, but how can people find out more? Well, it's simple enough to go to dirtroadnetwork.com. Right. And we're getting a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can find us almost anywhere on media now yeah. through Facebook or whatever. They can contact me as well. Uh, and that uh, arena that we're in and starting to do from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, I tell Steve and some of the people I'm talking to, I said, I'm on a dirt road and looking back in my mirror, all I can see is a cloud. Yeah. We're making 
you know, traction. God yeah. is favoring. Uh, thanks to Steve McVeigh and his vision, uh, he was a revitalizer in a church out in Lamont, Kansas, yeah. on a dirt road. Yeah. That's how the name even came about. Yeah. It was because of that, and the Lord spoke to him. And they've been doing it for a little while, but it is investing in our rural, our small churches, yeah. whatever. They matter. You'll hear us say this often. And there's two There's two SWU grads, Andrew and Kara Holbert. That's yeah. who's at. Yeah. His church in Lamont. Oh, yeah. I love this. Listen. Listen. I love this connection. It is phenomenal. And so we're calling this Dirt Road Connection. You know, the network is all about that and making those connections. And it's happening. It's phenomenal. I'm just honored to be a part of it. I really am. And honored that you would take the time to even look, talk to me and that kind of stuff. Because here's one of the things. If we got time. Yeah. But here's one of the things. A lot of these guys that are pastoring small churches, and I've pastored those uh-huh. most of my life, you know, yeah. coming through. Our church was never a large church. At, at its peak, we were never but about 200. Right. At our peak, most of the time we were a church of 120 to 150 people. Right, right. A lot of these guys that are out here in the rural area, they feel insignificant. That's right. But they're important. Right. They are important, and every one of those guys matter. It's not meaning that anybody's overlooked them on purpose, but right. oftentimes it's the big church guy. It's the and I'm all in favor, man. I love them. There's some yeah. guys that are my heroes that are pastoring mega churches. Yeah, but these boys that are in the trenches mm-hmm. that are pastoring our smaller churches, they matter. Every one of them matters, and every church matters. Their DNA may be a little different depending on where they're at, but they matter, and so. We're trying to build up and encourage the whole kingdom to be making life change yeah. for the glory of God. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Hey, and that's what this podcast is all about. It's about telling the soul stories of people who have come through Southern Wesleyan or people who are connected to Southern Wesleyan. People like Randy, whose lives were changed and enriched by their time here, and then they've gone out and they have made a huge impact for the kingdom. And 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 Randy, I you know I firmly believe some of your best days in ministry are ahead. I think, uh, man, I think your kingdom impact is just now getting started. Because I'm I'm when I heard it's like when I heard what you were going to be doing, I'm like, oh my goodness, you want to talk about the perfect fit? Uh, so I'm excited for you. Randy's actually in town working with a church this weekend. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, we want you, if you're just listening to this podcast for the first time, you can find it anywhere uh, you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, you subscribe, you give us a review. But we're recording this at the end of August. You want to join us October 7th and 8th. We're having homecoming here on campus. Showstopper Spectacular is Friday night and Saturday night. You can get your tickets uh, there on the homecoming website at swoo.edu. Uh, Saturday, we've got uh, a yard sale. We've got a ribbon cutting here at the library. Is Randy's here in me with me uh, in the recording studio, the new recording studio in the library. Uh, it just a t- totally uh, remodeled library. We've got the homecoming parade. We've got soccer. We've got a full schedule of events, but it's it's not complete unless you're here with us. So come join us for homecoming. You can get more information at swoo.edu slash 
homecoming, but we would love to see you there. So for my good friend, Randy Garner, I'm Heath Mulliken. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.